right. Well, thanks for having me. I'm I'm a super OG. Before we combined to joint heirs, I was uh, in Light Fellowship, <clears throat> which was just our college fellowship. So every time I come here, I just feel old. You know, very old. Because <laughs> you guys get younger. I uh, keep seeing new faces. Um, yeah, but I guess you know. No, no offense, Bill. I, I mean, I just, we, we can relate now, but. <laughs> um, well, we are on the topic of uh, something pretty weighty, um, probably something that's not, not too easy. Let me put this here. Something that's not too easy um, to kind of talk about just because breakups are hard. You know, and I think that um, yeah, I've, I've gone through some of it myself. Um, but yeah, I think um, breakups, <laughs> it can get really messy, or some of them can be really good. Um, but it would be really good to just kind of uh, talk about this. Uh, some of you actually might not even be dating or haven't been, you know, have never dated. Uh, so I think some of these guidelines are, are pretty good. Um, just to kind of help you uh, when you do decide to, to date or think about dating, um, uh, this, will, this will kind of help, um, you know, with the, the, the dating process. So, um, but I hope that you've all been kind of benefiting from our series on relationships, in particular on the area of dating. Um, as you know, there's really no cookie-cutter way of saying, this is how your dating relationship should exactly look like. It's really hard to kind of say this is the one way that it should look like. But I would say that there are a lot of biblical principles in which you can apply this dating relationship to. Uh, a lot of truths that you can apply it to so that, you know, as you're, as you're into, you know, as you're in this dating relationship, you know, you are able to glorify God through your relationship with the other person. Um, it's not an easy topic because breakups can cause tears. Uh, it could cause anxiety, stress, heartaches, uh, bitterness, for sure, uh, resentment. And, you know, when sometimes when you're going through a, a breakup, there's... You know, at that moment, there's not really anything that someone can say to you uh, to make you feel, you know, much better or at peace with it at the moment um, because it's going to sting. It's definitely going to sting uh, depending on, of course, how long you've been dating. Um, some of a single person's darkest days falls right after a breakup. You know, you've, you've risked your, your heart. you shared your life. You bought gifts. You spent several months uh, together. Uh, you built the memories. You shared mutual friends and even attended church together. And perhaps like you even took uh, photos together. You posted on social media. You even made it Facebook official, you know, with the status in a dating relationship with so-and-so. But now, you know, everyone is happy for you, right? But then now you have to remove it all. Uh, it gets to that awkward stage of, you know, the pictures are gone. You're no longer tied to this person in dating relationship. 
and you're taking these photos out one by one, and people are wondering what happened, right? You just announced it to the, the whole world, kind of. And now you're back at square one in the quest for marriage. And it feels lonelier than square one. It feels further from the altar because of everything that you spent and you've lost. And I remember, you know, when I was in high school, we had a, we had the, uh, the genre like emo, emos, you know, emo groups were very popular back then. Um, I, I'm pretty sure there still is right now, um, but they were very popular when I was in high school. And when I, when I mean high school, I'm talking about like, I'm not talking about you guys, like, oh, 2012 kind of thing. <laughs> I'm talking about 2001, you know. When I was in high school, there was an American rock band called Dashboard Confessional. Um, and majority of you are looking around thinking, you know, probably Googling, thinking like, what is this American rock band group? Um, you don't know. I know that you don't know. I know that 99% of you guys don't know, except for the 1% that's listening right now. I know that for a fact, but I'm doing it for you, the 1%. There's been lyrics in, the, in certain songs, right? Certain songs, and this song says, and the lyric goes like this, it says, this is where I say I have had enough and no one should ever feel the way that I feel now. A walking open wound a trophy display of bruises, and I don't believe that I'm getting any better, any better. That, the, those lyrics portray some of the feelings that we store up in our hearts, and it just shows and displays how painful these breakups can be, right? No one begins dating uh, someone hoping that, you know, they would break it off someday, and the wiring in us has us longing for the wedding day, right? And that's, that's usually our expectations. When we get into a dating relationship, we hope that it could go further so that, you know, one day we would be married. You know, we're looking for love, for affection, security. We're looking for a companionship and commitment, intimacy and help. Because after all, it does, when we're looking through the Bible, it does look like God wants us to have this, right? He, he looks like he wants us, most of us, to be married. When you look at Genesis 2.18, it says, Then the Lord said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper for him, fit for him. And in Proverbs 18.22, it says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And you look at 1 Corinthians 7. Two, but because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. But while you're reading this, I know that it doesn't help with, you know, it sure hasn't made getting married any easier. And the reality is this, that good, Christ-exalting relationships very often fail before the ceremony. Right? Never to be recovered romantically, and the pain can cut deeper and linger longer than most pain young people have felt in their lives. Breakups in the church are painful, they're uncomfortable, and many of us have or will walk 
this dark and lonely road. And sadly, a lot of Christians can look too often like the world when it comes to, to breaking up, right? We're ignoring each other. We're gossiping about your ex, longing for the other person, right? Even after the breakup, you're still longing for them, having this unhealthy obsession, fighting bitterness or fighting to get over the pain of the loss. Or perhaps you're giving yourself over to quick peeks at their social media account to see, you know, what are they up to? Did they move on as fast as I, you know, as, as quickly as I did? Or, or did they move on? You know, did they move on that fast for me to not even recover? And everyone's breakup will look a little different from the other. But tonight I want to go over how you can end a dating relationship in a way that honors God and the other person, especially since, you know, he or she could be a, a, a brother or a sister in Christ. And before we begin, I want to preface by saying that the following exhortations I'm about to give you, they're not a fully exhaustive list. There are so many. When I was preparing this message, I was just thinking that every situation is just so different. Uh, but I hope that, you know, through the personal experience that I've gone through, the, the wisdom that has been imparted to me while I was dating before I finally got married, um, books that I've read and still read, and ultimately, you know, the wisdom from the Lord right at your fingertips. All of this, I hope that, you know, I could provide some kind of guidance uh, as you work through or go through any breakups. So I know there's a lot uh, of different scenarios. Um, so I'm, I hope I'll be able to address most of their frequently asked questions. But if not, you know, feel free to find me afterwards. I, I'll be happy to, to talk. And, you know, if you have something specific to ask me, um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> but before we, we start, let us pray. Father God, we just want to ask for your wisdom. The word, your word, is ever so true, piercing to our soul that would convict us, that would draw us to you, and that would see our sin, Lord. And even as we pursue uh, relationships, Lord, with each other, help us not to forget yours, the one that you established with us from the very beginning, and you sealed it on the cross, and you displayed that kind of love to us, so that, Lord, we could love each other in the same way. Lord, be with us tonight as we go over this topic, and we ask that you just be with us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I have about six exhortations for building hope and loving others when Christians end and not yet marriage. So six exhortations for building hope and loving others when Christians end a not yet marriage. So my first exhortation is this. I want you to 
I want to exhort you to always provide clarity, clarity in your relationships. Always provide clarity in your relationships. Ambiguity in a breakup adds salt to a wound. So speak clearly with your partner about why you have decided to end your relationship. Don't wait. Don't wait until you decide to break up, you know, to kind of bring the the dump truck of all your reasons of why you want to break up, you know, and and wait so long, you know, um, until that day. And then you bring this track, you're like, beep, 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 and all this stuff starts gushing out. Don't wait until you want to end a relationship because you don't want to blindside them. And then you don't want to have it seem like it just came out of nowhere uh, during the course of your relationship. You haven't even talked about it. Be clear, right? Be clear with your partner if there's something that's hindering you from wanting to continue the relationship. And again, this could depend how long you've been dating as well. So for instance, um, after two days of dating, my long, my shortest relationship was two days. It was. It was really quick, I know. I was happy and then sad almost in the same day. It was, it was really sad. But it's okay. Everything worked out. After two days of dating, perhaps it's a little too soon to, bring, to be bringing up a bunch of flaws, right, that you want to talk to your partner about and say, this is all the, all the problems that I've seen within the past two days. You know, it's a long, exhaustive list, you know. I even wrote a book on it. This, all this stuff, within two days, you could have seen without getting into a relationship. You could have seen it, you know, in in your friendship, you know, just by interacting here. But perhaps, let's just say you've been dating for three months to a year, maybe a little bit longer, right? Three months. I think a year is pretty, pretty long. That's a good amount of time you spend with the other person to notice things that you probably want to address as you're progressing through the relationship. So at that time, this is a good time to kind of, you know, along your, the journey of your, of your, the course of your dating relationship, it's good to bring these up, not at the end, but while you're dating. Even in, in my marriage relationship right now, I have to, I schedule uh, a monthly check-in with my wife, every, first of every month, you know. Actually, I had it there for about three years, and then it wasn't until this year that we finally started, you know, actually implementing it because my wife kept saying, like, you have this on the calendar, we don't do it, just remove it. But, you know, she's stressing that I'm bringing up things a little too late. You know, I'm bringing things when you know, there's, there's, there's a bunch of tension where, you know, we get into a fight and things come up. And that was my fear. You know, my fear was I didn't want to talk about it because when you don't talk about it, it seems like everything is okay. But that's not true, right? So in your dating relationship, as you're dating, just because you don't hear or, or see anything and no one's saying anything to you, it's good to check up with them. You know, have these checkups.
clarity is important, right? You don't want someone to have this relationship with you and one person thinks it's going well while the other person knows that it's not going well. And, and then all of a sudden, one day, boom. It's like, where did this all come from? Don't make the breakup a one-way conversation, right? Often, the person initiating the breakup, you've had a great deal of time to reach, you know, your conclusions. So, you know, you, you simply unload and then you leave, right? Don't do that. There are times when it would be helpful to leave the room for a little bit or, you know, leave room for a follow-up conversation, right? Then return to here and process together a bit if that other person needs more time to process all this because you've been processing it for so long and then by the time you meet, you know, you, you've had, depending how long you've been dating, you've had months of information that you've gathered, thoughts that you've, you've formulated, and you've caught the other person by surprise. So don't do that. You know, the leave, make sure you leave room for a follow-up conversation so that there could be, you know, um, the other person may have questions or things to discuss afterwards. Uh, some people are, are good thinking on their feet, and some aren't. Some people just need time, and communication is definitely key, right? You hear that in, in relationships. You hear that at work. Communication is key, right? Be clear in your conversation, right? Don't be am, um, um, ambiguous, right? Don't use the infamous, it's not you, it's who? Me, right? It's not you, it's me. Oh, okay. You know, what, what does that tell me? I don't, it's not you, it's me. And leave it like that, right? It's very tempting to avoid the hard conversation, but it's much better that way than leading the person into assumptions, right? You don't want the other person to guess. What does it mean? It's not you, it's me. What happened to the other person, you know? Also, the other popular line of, it's not you, it's God, right? That's also not a good alternative. It might be one of the, more, uh, the most popular Christian breakup lines. Oh, God is leading me to this, you know, to do this. Uh, I prayed about it. God told me we need a breakup. I, I saw a vision in a, in a bush on my way to class, <laughs> and we weren't together. I'm pretty sure. You're like, no, I'm pretty sure that was a squirrel in the bush. All of them can probably be summed up like this. Look, it's not you, it's God. And God very well may lead you to a breakup, but don't use him as a scapegoat, right? You must own your convictions. Then be honest about how you came to this decision, right? How, you know, how did God make this direction clear to you, right? Sure, some things will be intangible, but find the tangible factors, right? This is not a, a license to say harmful things, but helpful things. Even if they may hurt initially, such as a spiritual, uh, just if someone is spiritually lethargic during the relationship, you know, no signs of loving the Lord, that's a good time to approach it. And it's not, you're not pointing out their character to say, 
this is why you're bad. But you're, you're actually loving them by telling them you need the Lord. And it's not wise. Oh, it's, it, it's wise, sorry. It's wise not to be alone in your opinion about the need to break up. And yes, your, your boyfriend or girlfriend may not agree, but you need to share and confirm your perspective with someone you know, and this is important, you need to share with someone who loves Jesus and both of you, right? Go to someone you know can assess your heart in wanting to get out. You know, if it could be an older, wiser, uh, you know, man or woman, married man or woman, all the better, right? Talk to someone who knows what it takes to persevere in marriage and see, you know, what do they think about your deal breakers in the relationship? You know, are they legit? You know, can they help, you know, work those things out? Are some of those, you know, secondary things? Because our imagination, especially in an emotional crisis, can be a lethal weapon that Satan leverages against us for evil. When we leave everything vague and spiritual, our ex will not. And the majority of what their mind creates will be lies from the, the devil to destroy them, Right? Give them enough information about how God led you to this decision without crushing them or tearing them down. And I say enough because there are a lot of there there are lots of true but unhelpful things you could say. But again, run your talking points past the Christian brother or sister before you know taking them to your soon-to-be ex. In the end, they don't have to agree with you, but it's it's loving to help them toward the clarity and closure you're feeling. It just may free them to grow and move forward sooner and with fewer questions. So here you are, you know, you sought counsel, you struggled to discern your desires, you had numerous conversations with your partner. There have been tears, anxiety, and stress but now you have clarity, right? You, you made your decision, the decision to end your relationship. And it would be, and, and you know, this, this will serve your partner well. If you consider where and when, right? This is important. Where and when you're going to have this conversation. Right? Don't plan to bring it up at the end of, of an otherwise fun date night. Right? Don't go you know, watch a movie together, and, you know, this whole time, it seems like everything's been okay. You watch Avengers, the end game, and then you say, hey, you know, speaking of end game, <laughs> you know, remember we talked about blindsiding and providing clarity. This, this is it, right? Communicate up front that you want to have a serious conversation with him or her, right? It's helpful to be at a place where the other person can feel safe too, right? They, they can have an easy exit afterwards because everyone responds differently to hurt and giving your partner a safe place to talk and ask questions without interruption as well as an easy exit you know, to, to leave will serve best in the end. And what I mean by that is don't make them drive an hour to meet with you somewhere. 
have this very emotional, you know, devastating breakup talk, and then have them drive all the way back, you know, because either you or the other person could be hurting, you know, you have tears coming down your face, and it, it's hard to tell, you know, it's hard to say, you know, well, I don't think they'll be that hurt, but make it easy for them to feel safe, right? Don't do it so late at night. You know, consider where and when you're going to have this conversation. Um, you know, don't do it right before, you know, we have an event at church. You know, all of a sudden, I have 15 minutes before service starts. Let me just do it right now. Maybe then their heart's not, you know, in the right place. And it's, it's best, of course, to, to talk in person uh, if you can. I know that with COVID, it's a little bit harder. Um, but to talk in person, don't do it over email, don't do it over Twitter, don't do it over Facebook, Discord, whatever, you know, TikTok. Do it in person if possible. If possible, if not, you know, you try, try the phone. But give that person, you know, the face-to-face, -face, right? See you know, to have an open, honest conversation with each other. Along with clarity, I want to provide another exhortation to you, and that is not only provide clarity, but provide charity. Charity. So although clarity is important, it kills when it isn't seasoned with charity and consideration. You can tell the truth perfectly, but still cause unnecessary pain to your partner because you overload them with the truth. You can give one or two significant reasons to your partner concerning this decision and speak with them with kindness and truth. Realize that this will be painful for your partner to hear. Right? Don't seek to make less of it or try to cheer your partner up or if he or she responds in sadness. Proverbs 25, 20 says, whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on the cold day and like vinegar on soda. Just has a bad effect. So speak the truth with clarity, but most of all, with charity. Wisdom seeks to speak a fitting word and to give an apt answer when communicating difficult truths. So Proverbs 15.23, to make an apt answer is a joy to a man and a word in season, how good it is. Proverbs 25.11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Don't feel the need to give all the reasons that you're ending the relationship. There may be may, you know, many factors to your decision, but you know, unless your, your partner is asking, you know, demanding for more, you know, pr you provide only a couple of reasons, you know, two to three maybe, and hopefully those reasons you know, along the way won't, uh, when you present it, it, it won't be a total surprise to them because you would have had been talking about it throughout your dating relationship. Be gracious and loving in the way you end it. 
right? The worst thing you could do is throw stones and cast blame on the other person, not only causing sadness over the lost relationship, but also provoking feelings of guilt, almost as if it, it is his or her fault. Even in the act of breaking up, you need to be thoughtful, gracious, and loving towards the other person. The Apostle Paul wrote this in Ephesians 4.1.3. says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And then Colossians 4.6, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Then you have Titus 3.2, speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy toward all people, right? I mean, after all, he or she is a child of God, loved by God, so, you know, love them as God would, and not any different. With all that that has been said about clarity and charity so far and the suggestions given, I do want to say this. I want to say that if you're in a circumstance where you don't feel safe in your relationship, then I'm begging you, please get help. You want to reach out to someone who is trustworthy, more mature than you, that can provide you guidance, and hopefully someone in the church. Right? If you find yourself in a relationship that is obsessive, manipulative, abusive, and you don't feel safe having a conversation with your partner about breaking up with them, then please seek, please seek help. You may feel the, the pressure to remain in the dating relationship, to go a little further physically, or maybe even to become numb to the physical force used against you. Right? A relationship that is maintained by manipulation has lost all sight of true love. These are all warning signs to break up the relationship and run to God. And the most loving thing that you can do for your partner is to help them get help. And if your partner has threatened to commit suicide, it is imperative that you find someone who can help them. You're not their savior, and you're not, to meant, you're, you're not meant to carry the burdens that they, that they force on you. You know, pray and ask God for strength to reach out to a pastor, a, a parent, certified biblical counselor, or all of the above. At this point in the relationship, there is a good reason to break up because the focus has shifted entirely off God and straight onto ourselves. Right? Christian couples must be obsessed not with each other, but with Jesus, right? Above anyone else. A believer's greatest joy is delighting in the Creator not worshiping the creator's creation. Third exhortation I want to give you is this. 
after you've gone through a breakup, do not think. Do not think that you are a failure. Breaking up is not an inherent sign of relational failure. You didn't fail at your relationship. You are not losing at the dating game. You are not betraying your partner. Right? You don't have to go into this panic mode and spend the next three days worrying about whether or not you have sinned. And some people do break up for sinful reasons or because of sin. But if you have sought to respect your partner, honor the Lord, and communicate clearly, there is nothing sinful about breaking up. Right? It's actually the right thing to do. I know that there's nothing fun about a broken relationship. Right? Proverbs 13:12 says, "Hope deferred, right? Hope deferred makes the heart sick." After a breakup, you can experience a mixture of emotions and thoughts as sadness, guilt, and pain, they all swirl together. Right? These thoughts of, "I'm not attractive." I'm not godly enough. I deserve only bad relationships. Right? How could they do this to me? This is their fault. They ruined everything. Perhaps you have had these thoughts, and the serpent is right there, you know, listening in. He can bite after a breakup. Satan is the serpent of slander. And he often whispers lies and deceit, right? In John 8, 44, says, You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And self-deprecation is a real temptation for many who have experienced heartbreak, right? Perhaps this describes your current experience, right? You might blame yourself or spend hours kind of cross-examining every conversation from the relationship. But the call of the hour is for the spirit to align your thinking into conformity with the scriptures. Scripture tells us to take an honest assessment of our lives and not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Right, this is Romans 12.3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. There will always be areas in our walk with God in which we could be growing up. Perhaps someone says that they broke up with you because of a character flaw or an area in your life that needs growth. The Bible wants us to learn from hard conversations and to grow in godliness. Right? We should examine, I know it's hard, but we should examine all criticism, as hard as it may seem, in, the, in light of the scriptures, right? In light of, of the scriptures, we have to align ourselves with the revealed word of God. For example, if your partner says that you, you tend to become very impatient, you should search the Bible for what it says about patience. Right? Be humble and honest 
and assess where your heart is in this matter. Try not to put up a defense, but allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life and conform you to God's Son. Breakups are a time for honest examination and then a total affirmation of the righteousness found in Christ. If there is room for spiritual growth after a relationship has ended, don't despair. God will give you more grace. And use this season as a healthy time to examine yourself in order to better your next relationship. So those who have been dumped need to realize that they are not trash in God's eyes. This, not, this might not be your struggle, however. You might be harboring bitter thoughts or blame toward the person who broke up with you. And in order to put away bitterness, you need to show a 1 Corinthians 13 kind of love, where love keeps no record of wrongs and does not cast the first stone. And you will need to make every effort to pursue peace as much as it depends on you and to be ready to extend forgiveness for any fault. Romans 12, 18 says, If possible, right? If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Mark eleven twenty five says, And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And we've been talking about, a lot about like sin, sin that's happening in the relationship, but if sin was not involved during or after a relationship, don't overanalyze or become too introspective. We can't assume that every breakup is due to sin. Right? Job's suffering was not was not a result of sin, and not every breakup should be equated with bad living. Perhaps it's a preference, preference issue, right? Like, I like the Warriors, and you don't. You're a Lakers fan. You'll always be. Or perhaps more like, we didn't have much to talk about where we were dating, and, and that's fine. You know, it'll happen. These things will happen, right? Certain preferences that become such a big deal become deal breakers. But if it's that big of a deal to one person and you've tried and you had conversations about these preferences, then perhaps it's healthy that there is a breakup, right? Otherwise, you'll spend all of your relationship trying to change and mold that person to your liking. And that's not how dating relationships work. That's not even how marriage works. Some preference issues cannot be changed or should not be changed. For example, if someone says to you, that you're not tall enough, or maybe you're too tall, right? That is something the other person will have to love about you. Your looks, the way you talk, the way you dress, right? If it's not a sin issue, 
Don't, don't try to conform your partner's preferences, or don't try to conform to your partner's preferences. Right? Unless those preferences are telling you to conform to God. This is Romans 12 too, right? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renew of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And if you're that person on that end, receiving, that receiving end where you know that this person has a preference, but there's nothing that you can change about it, it might be healthy. You know, it might be healthy to just, to just end it. I must not be attractive is perhaps the sneakiest of all slanderous accusations of Satan. This lie snares many. The most damaging part of this lie is how people respond to it. Right? If someone feels unattractive, he or she may you know, seek fleshly solution. Once this fruit is bitten, depression and then sexual immorality of some kind often follows. Believing this lie may also result in sinful eating habits or an obsession with exercise, and the ripple effects of this falsehood can leave a wake of misery. But the good news is that Jesus provides a glorious solution to this slander. Jesus takes this one head-on and offers truth that brings lasting joy. Jesus, the most important person in human history, had no physical beauty that would have drawn us to him. If you write down Isaiah 53, 2-3, it says, For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. So all of those images that you, you see of Jesus, right, in the museums or, you know, at someone's home where he has a, you know, beautiful brunette hair, seems like he always has great hair, you know, great hair, like hairsprayed all the time. And then he has blue eyes. He has these beautiful blue eyes, right? Super clean shaven beard. We could be all tricked. That's not how Jesus looks like. <laughs> we, could, we could be looking around and looking at that photo and thinking like, where's Jesus? And he could be standing right in front of us like, don't look like that. But that's someone's interpretation of how he should look, right? Essentially, if, if we're made in the image of God, then somehow we would know what Jesus should look like because, you know, we know that Jesus, in our minds, Jesus should be very pretty, right? Handsome. Because we have somewhat of a general consensus of what beauty is, 
maybe. But our focus is on this, that Jesus was despised and rejected by men in order to obtain salvation for the world. Right? As believers, our identity and value is, is not in our looks, but in our Christ. The Apostle Paul also reminds us that our inner self is more precious than our outer self that is wasting away. 2 Corinthians 4.16, right? Peter tells us not to let our adorning be external, but to put on imperishable beauty. 1 Peter 3.3-6. A gentle tone is better than a toned body, and a quiet spirit shows more than a slimmed stomach. In God's sight, the inner person is very precious. Sure, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but it is what the creator finds beautiful that counts. While it is important to keep up your physical appearance, developing inner character should be your primary focus. And next time Satan tempts you to dwell on your external appearance, remind yourself that you are created in the image of God and you are being conformed into the glorious image of Christ, Romans 8, 29. And remind yourself that you're pursuing holiness, which is worth more than a thousand rubies. And the good news is that Jesus never forsakes his children, nor has the final, we need a talk conversation. The steadfast love of the Lord never fails. I love the songs that James chose, right? He will hold me fast. Blessed assurance. I could, I could sing that all night. These truths resonate in my heart, and I find security in that, comfort in that. Spend your days at his feet instead of at the mirror, right? As you continue to look into Christ's radiant face, your face will glow with this glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18. And my fourth exhortation is this. Fourth exhortation is this. It's okay to cry if you want. And if you don't cry, you can grieve or you should. When I was a a junior in high school, um, I started a dating relationship with someone at my old church and we dated for four years. That was a long time. I think probably the longest dating relationship that I had. Uh, we shared a lot of memories together. And when we broke up, I felt crushed. I just remember the day that she, she ended it. Uh, everyone at our church knew we were dating. Everyone thought we were, you know, going to get married someday. But then after four years, I, I couldn't believe it. I refused to believe it. You know, calling it quits, no way. You know, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of money, you know. At that time, I was making $5 an hour. You know, that was minimum wage, guys. No negotiating, nothing. You know, when I talked to her, it was nothing. This time, it was for reals, right? So she ended it. And I remember just being so sad. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. Uh, and then so I called my best friend, and I, I cried to him on the phone, and I said, like, oh, 
oh, we broke up. I can't believe it. it's been four years. And I just poured it out to him. And he says, oh, hold on a second. Let me, let me get out of the bathroom. I'll call you back. I said, okay, fine. <laughs> it was sad. I remember it, it was so hard for me to get over this after four years. And I went over to his apartment. Uh, at that time, he was going to uh, UC Berkeley. Um, and I remember it was over the summer. He had summer school. I just chilled at his apartment with his, with his buddies. You know, he didn't, he didn't make me feel bad or anything. He didn't say, I told you so. It wasn't going to work out. Or, you know, he didn't right away say, you know what you need to do? You need to read the Bible right now, you know. Eventually, he got there, right? Eventually, in some way, he got there, but he just listened. He listened and made me French toast. That was, that was the healing factor. The manna, that's called maple syrup, right? He didn't come alongside me by gossiping or bad-mouthing the other person, right? That's, that's not the goal, right? He pointed me to Christ, and I'm glad we still managed somehow to be in the same church. And if you are that mutual friend coming alongside your dating friends who decide to call it quits, point them to Christ. Don't pit them against each other. Don't blame one person over the other. Point them to Christ because that is what they need most. Sorrow in the midst of, of the severing is not only appropriate, but good. It's nothing to hide or be ashamed of. God created you to enjoy and thrive in lust that lasts. Uh, in, in love, sorry. God created you to enjoy and thrive in love that lasts. Like Christ's lasting love for his bride. So feel free, right? Feel free to feel. And know that the pain points to something beautiful about your God and his undying love for you. And if it doesn't hurt, it probably should, right? If you can come in and out of romance without pain or remorse, something sounds out of sync. This doesn't mean that, you know, after every breakup, you have to be in complete ruins. But there should be a sense that this isn't right. It's not how it's supposed to be. Right? Hearts weren't built to be borrowed. God needs to show some of us the gravity of failed relationships because of what they wrongly suggest about him and his love for the church. Right? This, this pain gives you a tangible feeling of, for broken relationships. Right? How does God feel about all the other relationships that you read in the, the Old Testament? all the way to new, and even the relationship that you have with them now. How much betrayal, how much idolatry, how much of, I don't want to be with you anymore. You know, there's something else. There's another thing that attracts me more than you, God. That's why, you know, we feel the hurt. 
It's okay after the breakup to distance yourself or set some boundaries in order to protect your heart. Give it some time to heal, right? This allows for time to heal after what can be emotionally painful time. This does not mean you should ignore them, right? And really hear me on this. This does not mean, if you give them time, this doesn't mean that when you see them at church that you should ignore them or treat them with cold distance when you see them after your breakup. Your, intention, your interactions should be kind and warm. You have a responsibility to do good to that person as your, your Christian brother or sister. Paul says in Colossians 3.13, it says, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Right? This includes a former boyfriend or girlfriend, especially if yours is the, the broken heart. You must entrust them to God. He cares for them more than you will ever. Trust in the God who draws near to the brokenhearted and the crushed in spirit. This is from Psalm 34, 18. And yes, it is possible. It is possible to stay in the same church with the person you once dated. Right? Too many people assume that they must leave because of how uncomfortable it is initially. And it's easier to run and avoid than to do the hard work of living at peace with one another. And eventually, right, maybe sometimes years later, again being friends. It is not wrong to go to another church, but we don't want to presume that it is the only thing that you can do after a breakup. And this leads to my fifth exhortation, and we're, we're finishing up here and that is, don't try again too quickly. Because of the emotions and heartbreaks involved, there needs to be time, kind of like what we just talked about, for healing, for either one person or for both. And after a breakup, this is one of the best things that you can do for the other person, especially if you're the one that ended it, right? Sometimes you're wondering, how do I care for the other person? by not jumping into another relationship so quickly. Knowing and embracing God's design for permanence in marriage and dating will help us feel appropriately, but it will also help us take healthy next steps in our pursuit of marriage. One of the worst and most popular mistakes is moving on to the next one too soon, especially in the age of online dating and social media, we really don't have to work very hard to find another prospect. Maybe sometimes you do. I mean, granted, if you just accept anything, it's just like that. Affection can be an addiction. If you've been on dates, held hands, seen smiles, exchanged notes, experienced the sweetness of another's attention and affirmation, you will definitely want more. And the easiest way to find it is to rebound right away. But if we care about God, our witness, our ex, and our future significant other, we'll wait, pray, and date patiently and carefully. Right? It's, it's too easy to leave a trail of wounded people behind in our pursuit of a partner. And it's a lie. It's a lie to think that you're not moving toward marriage if you're not dating someone right now. 
Sometimes the best thing you can do for your future spouse is not to date. If your history looks serial, you might want to break up with dating for a while. It can be a time to regroup, grow, and discover a new rhythm for your future relationship. Right? This is the time to reflect and to grow. And the final and sixth exhortation is this, and probably one of the, the more important ones that I could think of. Do not treat your dating relationship like it's a marriage relationship. They are totally different. One leads up to the other, but they're not the same. You can't date Christ and go to heaven. You must be married to Christ. And consider what marriage actually is, designed by God to be. A man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Right? In Genesis 2.24. And something very profound is meant by the term one flesh. Right? That union, that bodily union. the physical expression of a much deeper union of heart and soul pointing to the covenant relationship between Christ and the church. And Paul quotes that very text, Genesis 2.24, and then he says in Ephesians 5.32, he says, this mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. There isn't anything in human relationships comparable to the death of the union of persons between a husband and a wife in covenant relation as they seek to reflect Christ in the church. It's the profoundest of human relationships. You know, therefore, this is why it's so important, right? This is why you give so much thought. That's why there's so much heartache into this, right? A woman or a man contemplating marriage should take stock with the greatest seriousness. Will I be able to pursue such a profound union of heart and mind and body with this other person? And there's a lot to cover on this topic that I can't do tonight. Um, but the following Fridays where we talk about purity and guarding your heart, those are some of the things that you can look out for to not make your dating relationship so deep into the roots of marriage that when you do break up, it's, it's so painful and it hurts so bad that it feels like divorce. This is why there's so many recommendations of how long to date, right? My four-year relationship hurt or probably more than a year. And I carried some of that bitterness over to the next relationship. And even in that next relationship, you know, that relationship was almost like, you know, we, we hung out together 
and we hung out with family. And, you know, she had, she had these two little uh, boys that were her twin cousins. Uh, she had these two little cute boys, and I spent so much time with them and so engrossed into their, their family relationship. Uh, I remember going to taking college courses and even skipping school just to spend time with them. But I invested so much time um, that when it didn't work out, she was hurting. She hurt so bad because she thought that, you know, I would have been there for the rest of her life. We shared a lot of memories together, the two little boys that grew up basically from newborn all the way to, you know, when they're like a year and a half to two years. You know, I know that this is, very, this is a very um, situation that might not happen to you, that might be a little bit rare, um, just because, you know, you, you might not be involved with someone that has like two little kids, they're little cousins. But because I invested so much of myself to it, that these two little boys were looking for me when I was when we broke up, and you know they they resented me because they felt like I deserted them, um, and it felt so weird. It felt so weird because we weren't even married; we were dating, and these things were coming up. It almost felt like we divorced, and I left my kids, and that was sad. You know, and, and this is where I say, put on your safeguards. You know, protect your dating relationship, not only for yourself, but for the other person. Right? Don't jump in too deep into this water. Because in the end, the thing that you want to exalt most is marriage. So that when you get to marriage, you'll finally see this profound mystery and this relationship that we have with Christ, us being the church, and having that relationship with Christ. It's a beautiful, beautiful relationship. So aim for that. If you have any other questions, feel free to grab me afterwards. I know that there's a lot more that we could have talked about, but hopefully some of these exhortations will help you to see a dating relationship from a different perspective. And I hope that in when you guys do date, or if you guys are dating, that God would be honored in it. Let us pray. Father, we love because you first loved us and displayed that on the cross. And you showed us what sacrificial love was, what unconditional love is. And Lord, oftentimes, we neglect you. Oftentimes we forget about you. And we trade for something that's only an image. And we idolize those things. 
Lord, help us to remember that you have plans for us and you hold us fast in your grips and that you love us and that the relationship that we have with you as we call you Lord and Savior, as we call you Father, it is secure. And we pray that we would take these truths and that even when we're hurting, Lord, you know our heart. You are our comfort and our rock. And that as we even you know, go through breakups and we hurt, Lord, may we just continue to reflect on your truths, Lord, that we will honor and we will love you in any kind of circumstance. We thank you, Lord, for tonight, and we pray that you would just be glorified. We pray all this in your name. Amen.